everyone, and welcome to the Notre Girl Podcast. I'm your host, at Dr. Ivan Khan. I'll be breaking down topics around education, growth, and culture with the intention to help your own growth journeys. For those not familiar with our hosting organization, Constitutorial, I serve as a CEO, and we serve kids K-12 through in supplemental education centers throughout New York City. One of the unique privileges of my work is the opportunity to really know the various communities that our team serves and discover the various challenges the students face within themselves, their families, and overall community systems. Today, I'm joined by a very, very special guest, Mafuzul Islam, who's an adjunct professor at Fordham University and New Jersey City in University, co-founder of Child NYC, and is running for New York State Assembly in District 24, covering the incredibly vibrant neighborhoods of Jamaica, Queens, Richmond Hill, Queens, Bellrose, Queens, Glen Oaks, Queens, Hollis Hills, Queens, and Floral Park, Queens. Did I mention that you are running out of Queens, Mafuzo, buddy? Welcome, welcome to the show. How are you feeling? How's your day been so far? Um, exciting. Everything has been exciting so far. Uh, every day is a learning experience. KDG, man. Know to grow. <laughs> every day is a learning experience. You're learning. You're growing. As you can see, we got the Jal, uh, the Jal t-shirt on. Uh, fantastic work uh, for your organization there. Uh, we're here to talk about a lot of different topics, particularly on community building, from the neighborhoods that you and I share very, very closely to our heart, Jamaica Ave, Jericho Turnpike, Hillside Avenue, 212 to 242, that's that's our corridor, right? What was it like growing up in New York City? You're a public school kid like most uh, communities of color out of Jamaica. What was that public school system experience like for you? Um, I'm sure it's very similar to other folks that grew up in the neighborhood, you know, using the bus to get to high school and having to wake up earlier just to make it in time still being late though and mm. and uh you know kind of going through the system being exposed to people from all walks of life mm. uh all different social classes all different backgrounds um that you know definitely makes an impact on how you who you become as you we're talking about queen's village I, I all of new york but queen's village especially so let's more. take the early years yeah, like yeah. queen's village public school yeah. k through six middle school six. what how is that unique and compare that to like fordham university for example mm -hmm. um well fordham itself uh so i went to the the rose hill campus and so a lot of folks there were um dorming and so um as opposed to the Lincoln Center campus and so mm. the yeah the, uh, you won't see as much like commuters and so for me going from um public school high school in Queens Village to go to Fort was a big jump because yeah it was it was folks out coming from outside of New York um mm. and yeah I, I i guess you know when when you're growing up you just expect everything that you see in front of you is how the rest of the world is and so that yeah. was when i was like my first like getting out of so give us some life. examples uh, now that you look back at yeah, it yeah, yeah. and you're also teaching like can you take us back to a couple of anecdotes when you're a kid you're like everything seemed like the way it is for everyone and yeah. then when you get out of the neighborhood you're yeah. like oh my god there's economic uh, disparity or th everything outside my neighborhood is different from what I see inside my neighborhood, mm -hmm. like anything like that mm -hmm. that stuck out to you. Um, well, uh, just, oh, well, I guess, uh, personally, like having to take care of like all the paperwork for like my dad and my mom and being a translator and having, seeing that with, 
uh, other folks, uh, other kids that were going to school with me and that being the norm and then going to college and that was no longer the norm. It was, it was, it was very much different where like, you know, people um, had fathers that, uh, you know, were in really established places and um, yeah, I was just like, oh man, I would, you know, like I, 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 I still have to like fill out the paperwork and the translate sort of stuff. So it's just like small stuff like that, like lifestyle differences. Mm. Well, I, this is the first time like I was exposed to that and I, I realized, okay, like that, this is my upbringing and not necessarily everyone else. Everyone else's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, so like you, it sounds like like a lot of kids. Uh, I'm from South Ozone Park. Mm. Uh, I'm a few years older than you. <laughs> um, and Nipa, my wife, is like not too far from 179. So, um, you know, we remember similar things of having to like, you know, be a translator or fill out yeah. fill out forms or just proofread something yeah. that they have to yeah. submit for like a, an official document. Yeah. And then it's different when you're like, oh man. Uh, you know, wealthier, more privileged people have a very, very different uh, experience. So, you know, you teach economics now at Fordham. Mm. And economics is something that I saw hundreds of economics books in my house growing up. Because mm. I came to this country because my dad, who taught you also, um, was doing his PhD in economics. Where did you find that passion for this topic? And if you can break down what economics is, because a lot of our yeah. listeners Definitely. who've never had the privilege yeah. of taking an economics class yeah. because we were thrown into like bio, yeah. chemistry, yeah. and we were thrown into like life's in healthcare because of financial security. So, well, I was thrown into it as well. Actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, um, yeah, my same thing. My dad wanted me to be a doctor mm. in the beginning when I, I so, so I was at Sony Brook my freshman year. Mm. And so, yeah, I, had, I went through the whole like chemistry and biology cycle, and I did. I did want to become. I wanted to become a geneticist yeah. because um, I felt like it was like far enough. Me being rebellious, all right, I don't have to be a doctor, but I'm going to do this instead. I studied genetics, <laughs> but I was like, I just love the idea of like changing the future by you know being involved in genetics. I'm just like, all right, we're gonna cure cancer. We're gonna do this. You're gonna oh, do that. Nice. But hey, I took chemistry. I was like, okay, yeah, I, I, I'm not cut out for this or I, at least and, and i could respect the, you know I, res, I respected the people who were uh, great at it and big but, ups to the chemists yeah, i'm gonna go this other way yeah, exactly and so I, i've always had an interest in history and uh, and all that sort of, so economics wasn't the direct route but it was just like um it was almost like a medium where a medium ground where my dad was like okay, this is still kind of practical there is still math involved but it's also like economic like economics is very much like it's not a hard side there's a lot of sociology behind it there's a lot of history that caused you know so like it was the middle ground in that sounds like a cool intersection of the right brain left brain of emotional intelligence considering societal values as people and you know norms and stuff mixing it with numbers yeah exactly growth metrics what's it like teaching at a place like fordham i mean my late dad had a chance to teach at like Patterson College mm-hmm. and do some adjunct teaching at NYU. And I know for, uh, you know, uh, immigrant from that time, that was like a really, really cool established feeling. The pay was not that great for him. Yeah. But still it was not great. It's still not great. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. But it's, but it was like yeah. he really felt at home in front of a classroom yeah. full of students. So what's that like for you? Yeah. I mean, I think uh, it's special in that. Um, you are you are 
interacting with students for uh, I guess what, a four or five month period, and you're having that you know day to day interaction, and you know you're able to um, disseminate information that will hopefully potentially have a big impact on their life without you knowing it or not. Mm-hmm. And so I'll like, yeah, when I'm in the classroom, I always make it a deal to bring in information that's beyond just economics or, or if I'm teaching social, whatever it is, I'll, I'll always bring in other information that hopefully like, uh, I don't know, say they're trying to become a doctor. I'll, I'll, I'll say something about getting them cast. I'll say something about getting, you know, if they're a lawyer, uh, getting that So all that information, I'll, I'll, I'll always bring that up just because, I know what it's you know when you're in the uh, the rumble of of that life um, yeah you, student life you're not yeah you, if you're someone's not kind of reaching out a hand or just putting stuff on your radar you're not gonna know what's out there and yeah. so I, that I think that's the most fruitful aspect of teaching having those like relationships and 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 exposing people to things they might not necessarily be aware of yeah. So clearly inside the classroom, you are inspiring kids through, you know, having them learn about economics and how society intersects with you know, growth, whether it's in uh, public service or whether it's through, you know, a, a community based organization. Over time, you know, you started and founded an organization yourself that's very, very based in the community, Jhal NYC. And my first memories of Jhal, I don't know whether it's like, Four years, five years okay. by now, but it's, it, I, I got the t-shirt on and I just think about great Fuchka. I think about you, uh, our little brother, Alvi. I think about your family. Uh, I think about, you know, your mom and of course, you know, everyone's mom uh, here or looking over us. So tell, take us through Chal a little bit and the mission behind it and, and what it is. What's Chal? Uh, Charles started out at the Queen's Night Market. So, uh, it's a tumultuous time in our family's lives. Uh, Ali's mother had just passed and we were all just kind of being active, doing things. And, um, so we went to the Queen's Night Market and, um, Ali has always been into food and, uh, he used to eat a lot when he was a kid and, you know, that kind of maintained throughout. Um, and, um, when we saw that there was, no, uh, well, this is the fact for, I think, uh, at that time, all of New York, like you don't much see much of like Bengali food, uh, representation in, in, in any sort of like food scene, food hall sort of thing. And things have changed a lot since then. But, um, we were like, okay, we're going to come back and we're going to start doing, cause this place is amazing, you know, and it seems there's a low barrier of entry and they, you know, nurture the community. They want people, uh, who, our first time, you know, food sales to be there. And so we, we're going to come back here. We came back and, uh, we worked with uh, my own mom, our aunts who are stay at home mothers and uh, our cousins who had just come from Bangladesh. And, um, it was a way for them to, um, kind of like be exposed to, um, like American culture or entrepreneurship, uh, New York City culture for the first time where and 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 practice their language skills by being at the event. Um, so you so you so, you know, I'm guessing you you guys leaned heavily on your mom and the Kalas for the culinary aspect yeah, of it, because, yeah. you know, in my mother in law's house and my wife's house, 
My mother-in-law has been one of the most fantastic homemakers, and uh, she raised, you know, Nipa, you know, by being a home homemaker, you know, stay-at-home mom, and oftentimes she's been most confident when she's been able to host, yeah, 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 um, have people over, yeah. just socialize, nurture, yeah. feed them, yeah. and there's a line of Bangalis waiting outside my mother-in-law's apartment during Eid because yeah. they they know they want to get a she homemade plate yeah. of her biryani. Yeah. So, where did you guys start realizing that? like incredible um, culture of uh, potential on the entrepreneurial space. How did you guys make that connection? Oh, with the mom's itself, it was just like my own mom. This was the one thing that she, yeah, you said the most confident and the most one thing that she could do that in any space. And she feel at home doing that. And uh, when she, you know, would come out at events, uh, interact with people and these stories that she had with people would like, she'd take that throughout the week and keep talking. She talked with you guys around, yeah, like, hey, exactly. Jana, I'm like, hey, Jana, I'm like, I'm like, next time I to come, like, exactly, exactly. And now, you know, he thank me and there'll be like a, a Peace Corps, uh, person, a volunteer that went out to Bangladesh and dropped some Bangla with her and she'd be like, oh, that kid, they were talking Bangla with me. Like, she she on show, yeah. Oh my God. So like, yeah, there was that excitement and, and all the people that, all the other mothers that we started working with, like that interaction, um, with them, they, they, they were building a community. Um, child is for my mom. Right. So yeah. it's like, so I was like, okay, so this, and then it kind of just expanded. Like, you so know, you started like, this for an homage to y'all two moms was, yeah. and over time it sounds like it caught on yeah yeah and then there was the added aspect of my cousins who had just come from Bangladesh and we're teaching them how to get uh, like so, their language aspect and they were getting into school so you're integrating them into yeah. western society yeah. living in New York City excuse me queen society, queen society. maybe <laughs> so Man, it sounds like it sounds yeah. like the kalas and aunties were getting hyped yeah, yeah. getting excited yeah what kind of growth did you witness in them uh, after they started uh, becoming child's ambassadors? Uh, uh, both mothers or... Mothers. Like, what kind of confidence did you see in, in the moms? So, com- like, the confidence came more so just having, like, those uh, those interactions that are out beyond just, like, them being at home and being homemakers and having that sort of, like... Being a part of something, right? yeah. Um, and then secondary, like the hard skills in terms, of, like now they are using their iPads and their iPhone. Like we'll do like smartphone literacy classes, and they're like now they could use Facebook easily, and then they'll like be able to use Uber and like small navigational things that they, you know, through that came out of the like the small classes that we'd have. Um, and and I think the most fruitful for them is like the new friendships that they've created and taking. Oh, yeah, there's that. Like we will take them like bowling or like mini golfing stuff. The stuff they wouldn't necessarily do because those aren't spaces that uh, traditionally feel, yeah, have been welcoming to our moms. Not you know? at all. Yeah, and so like those they're like, oh, we'll talk about you know remember that time we were bowling, <laughs> all that sort of stuff. So I think that's like the most fruitful. Uh, that I see. So you you know moms talk and you know they're telling their other aunties like and they can talk tell in detail about that experience. So hopefully you all are spreading some amazing cheer out there. Um, thank you so much for this first segment. Let's go to a short break and we'll talk about the uh, we'll talk about some community growth after this. Sounds good. I wanna scream so loud for you. Cause 
I'm so proud of you And I'm, let me tell you what I'm about to do Mama, I know I act a fool But I promise you I'm going back to school And I appreciate what you allow for me And I, I just want you to be proud And we're back to John and YC in community building with Mafuzel. Mafuzel 24. When we finished up the education section, we were speaking about an incredible organization that you and a few others started to dedicate the mom movement and finding empowered voices. And after Jal, I've seen so many other amazing community-based organizations with increased focus on women's empowerment programs. So it's not only have you folks done it through Chal in your own community of Jamaica and all these neighborhoods, but it's also spread to other parts of the city with other groups picking up that torch. At what point did you start thinking beyond empowered Bangladeshi and South Asian moms and start thinking more about the rest of the allies? Because when you're from Queens, Queens Village, Belrose, Jamaica, our neighbors are West Indian. Our neighbors are uh, Latin. Our neighbors are black. Our neighbors are uh, white. So how did you start thinking about the rest of the community, you know, outside of your own ethnic community? Yeah. Well, um, an early idea with Jal itself was like, okay, if this works for our community, this can be applied to any community. Mm. Uh, this, you know, idea of food, narrative, uh, entrepreneurship, uh, you know, social well-being, that's, that's works for anyone, right? And, um, you know, the hope is that we'll get Jal to a point where we could do that for other communities as well. And we had ideas. Uh, but, you know, I, I keep uh, wondering, like, how, how, how can we expand beyond? How can we do more? And, um, and yeah, it kind of just naturally went into this community building sort of space in that way. I'm going to rewind a little bit and I got to ask you a question. Yeah. You don't talk about it much, but you did get a degree from Harvard. And it was around. What was it in? And uh, let's yeah. let's take, let's start there. Uh, how long were you there for? What was that like? Uh, it's two years. Um, uh, it was a degree in international relations. Um, it was good. It was good in terms of like that was another kind of like a moment where exposed to a whole new bubble where um, people from all walks of life and realizing like. Before going in, there is like a barrier. And once you're in it, you're just like, okay, this is a name. And yeah. that's all it that's is. That's all it is. That's it's just, a, it's it just is. a logo. And it's just a logo. Yeah. And you, when you're in it, I guess there's that, like, yeah, there's all these celebrities and these politicians coming at all times. And you're just like, oh, wow, you know, whatever. Olivia Money. I don't know. What the heck? Why is she here? <laughs> you know, she be fine. Like, random. But, but that becomes normalized. And once that's normalized, like, the name is normalized, the fame is normalized, all that. I think for me, that's... For me, it was more than anything. It was just like, okay, anything is possible. And I don't need. You don't need a logo. You need a title. Yeah. We, all you have to do is just start somewhere and like build on that type of thing. I gotta ask you, what are your two favorite things you learned there? My favorite two things. Um, um, how the importance of, of friendship and person to person interaction, um, and nurturing that, uh, throughout throughout life and what you, you know, knowing how important that is and, and reducing is down to its levels of kindness and, and, and giving. Um, second, uh, that um, barriers are created and uh, we create, oftentimes we create our own barriers and it's 
a matter of shifting perspectives that's all needed to to uh to get over that sort of hurdle it's if it's all right for me to share my conversation with you is taking me back to a very special time in my life uh when my wife nipa and i met she was very 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 uh going through like a, a career transition and we were in our mid to late 20s very similar age to you right now and she really really wanted to do international work and it was always her lifelong dream to learn international work and a lot of my work was localized to the outer boroughs and to the, my local community and you know at certain points my local community was bangladeshi people from queens and suddenly it's like yo it's bangladeshi people from queens parkchester castle Hill, and kensington and then it's like oh snap it's not just about being bangladeshi if you're from queens you're from any part of queens and no matter what ethnicity you're from so how did you take all that formalized international relations degree and those lessons uh-huh. and start just applying it to your uh-huh. local community because because th- that's where yeah. I'm just reliving this like yeah. 10 years later I was like oh snap I'll get all the formal learning but I'm going to bring it back to my local neighbor's house how, how did you make that uh bring that bring that back home so I actually I I uh I had dreams of wanting to enter the foreign service yeah. and you know enter the UN. So I did I was I was at the UN for a bit and mm. uh I worked with um uh, drafting like the sustainable development goals that replaced the millennium development goals. Um just, I don't know how long has it been a couple of years now. Yeah. And just being on the inside and seeing the bureaucracy all of it I got really like weary worn out and just like wow, you know, I exp- this is I uh, mm. thought this is where I was going to like change the world, you know. This is where I was going. To, everything was going to be, a, you know, a better place because of the work that we're doing. But you know, in the inner workings, you know, seeing the grinding and whatever, I was just like, okay, got worn out. But then, then the jaw was kind of my way of being like a, a soft core <laughs> ambassador uh, on kind of like the person to person level. Um, and 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 I, yeah my, my i realized my passion was it was like having that direct impact with the people that are around me be it my family or friends and and the neighborhood that i grew up in and and all those you know ideas and thoughts that you have growing up like yo why is it this way why why couldn't it be this other way why why is it that east queens and south queens uh, like where whenever i mention i'm from queens village they're like, okay, I don't really know Queens Village. Oh, you know Jamaica? I know Jamaica. I, it's near JFK. That's about it. That's all. When, when they're not That's from. That's not cool for them, man. They got to <laughs> they gotta come visit. They got to understand what QV has to offer. They got to understand the Q36. They got to understand yeah, 212 Street, 212 Place. <laughs> so they got to understand Francis Lewis Boulevard yeah. and Hillside. They got to understand all of it. Yeah. And, 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 and so it's like, okay, like. And and it's two ways where like okay we are more suburban I guess than uh, the western part of Queens and we are a little further out. It's hard to get here. You have to take a, a train plus a bus to get where we are, um, and that caused that separation I guess culture. Yeah. And and um, I guess like some uh, people also perceive themselves as being like okay we're just like the outer part of Queens. So like we uh, people. Uh, we're not part of the structure as much as yeah because i'm from 242 and jamaica for at least like three years of my life by the Belrose animal hospital or the mobile mm-hmm, the mobile gas station mm-hmm. is right mm-hmm. and you knew it was always like and, I, and i'm part of that i'm from south Ozone park so like i know what it's like yeah that's i'm, I'm off the van wick i'm exit three i'm near jfk or 
you know that you're kind of feel abandoned yeah. by the rest of uh, the city. And if it wasn't for, you know, the state legislature and ensuring that we have improved representation uh, from people who have actually built the communities that we're living in, like you, you know, that, I think that's where it's headed. So my, my next question takes me to some other Bangladeshi candidates. And I know there are a lot of very qualified candidates running for office in city council running for office in state assembly and even running for U.S. Congress amongst many other things. I've had a chance to meet uh, some fantastic young people with promise and I'm looking at one right now. You know, uh, you and I, like we, your time together, like I've known you since my dad taught you, you know. So anything you want to share about this Bangladeshi representation renaissance so to speak yeah and like i uh, always say it, the reason jal exists the reason why i do the work i do is because it's never oh, the sole work of one person it's uh, there is a um a vibrant uh uh culture of people kind of uprising and 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 um breaking off to different sectors mental health and mm. and uh, uh entrepreneurship uh food um mm. uh, feminist movements mm. they're the strongest right mm. they're the strongest of them all and and we owe it to the foundation that was created and and the vibrancy and our peers uh to lead us to where we are now and and um acknowledging that is important and being aware that you know it's never one person it's always everything that you're around uh, being at being being open to the opportunities but also just uh like the fun, you know, foundational work that's been well, even by our parents as well like we all often forget like there is several generations of of work that has been done and so that allows us for us to do what we're doing right now well, as an older dude, I remember like watching the 2000 election mm. and I was just starting college, right? Yeah. And it was like the George Bush, Al Gore, who's going to take Clinton's, you know, torch. And this is even before 9-11 and we all, and you knew it was going to be a tough one. And we didn't expect it to come down to this count, count out or, or countdown in Florida yeah. ballot recount or whatever, right? And I remember hearing from my parents that there was a Bangladeshi uncle from Jamaica, mm-hmm. not too far from where you grew up. And his name is Morshid Alam, and he's still, you know, here. He has three amazing daughters. He's a grandpa now, too. And I remember him running for state senate. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, snap. This is like, this is uncle, like Morshid uncle from like, you know, Aladdin restaurant or Shagar. Like, I've seen him eat at the local 169 next to my parents. And... You're like thinking like, oh, he's a Bangladeshi uncle. He's just like like my parents, uh, like running for state senate. Isn't that a little bit like ambitious? This, you know, I'm so proud of uncle for being one of the first Bangladeshis to, you know, run in such a big platform literally 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And my man, he had 46% of the vote. Mm-hmm. And it happened during one of like the most famous elections that we've had. Mm-hmm. So when I see him and when I see you, and when I see Shahana out in Brooklyn or uh, Mary, Bobby or Joy out in Joy, Queens, Shana, you know, Shana. like every one of these folks that I've gotten to personally meet and talk with, you know, I'm really proud uh, to see what you all are doing together mm-hmm. and how you are 
using your unique experiences from your unique neighborhoods to help grow the overall movement. Because people got to recognize growing up in Queens Village is different from growing up in Kensington and it's different from growing up in Parkchester. And everyone always talks about guys, how do you guys all know each other? (laughs) Right. But it's even though we all have this close knit community, it's different. So how do you hope to see this movement grow for not only for Assembly District 24? 24. But for other communities that were left out of the political table. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So um, one of the biggest things that we're trying to push with this movement is campaign is uh well actually not this movement because this is this is separate from the campaign we're gonna create assemblies all throughout the district 24 uh from in the nine neighborhoods that represent district 24 and these assemblies will be independent of the campaign um the people Mm -hmm. who are already at the front line organizing uh, are the ones that will be uh, heading these these assemblies, and they'll range from kind of whatever issues you have. Politics is not limited to the voting booth, uh, electing a person into that seat. It's it's from what you uh, what the roads that you walk on to your your unemployment status to your employment status, whatever job you have, right? And we sh- yeah, we should be a part of the structure that dictates how our life is going to be, how our life is going to be lived. Right. And so um, these assemblies will be uh, created and these assemblies will exist whether or not this campaign is successful. And this is, this is a way for uh, us to move away from the idea that we're a sleepy, apathetic society. Everyone cares. It's just, we are told that we uh, should leave it up to the people up, above us to make the decisions for us because we don't know enough no everyone uh, my friend my friend always says my friend sb always says every cook could govern every cook could govern we go- everyone is in charge of their own life and so all all you have to be given is is, is is saying yes you could do it and let's let's create the structure yo i love that phrase for the founder of jalan yc every cook because you've been cooking up fushka and chakpati and now you're about to hopefully be representing Queens, AD24. So every cook can govern. I love that. On that note, we will wrap up our growth section for this incredibly special episode, Jal NYC and Community Building with Mafuzel24. When they said it's getting late in here, so I'm sorry, young man, there's no skating here. And so we kick, push, kick, push, kick, push, kick, push, coast. And away we roll, just a rebel to the world with no place to go. And so we kick, push, kick, push, kick. And we're back to a very special episode of Not A Girl Podcast, Jahal NYC and Community Building with Mafuzel. Mafuzel, we're going to do a rapid round for the culture, because you're from a very iconic neighborhood and culture. You're from Queens Village, B. Mm. But luckily for us, AD24 doesn't only cover Queens Village. It covers some of the neighborhoods I grew up in. So... For the first question, name as many neighborhoods as you can remember that you'll be representing oh, oh, at AD24. Floral Park, uh, Glen Oaks, Hollis Hills, uh, Jamaica, Jamaica Stakes. They call it Jamaica Hills. I don't know what ooh, that is. Ooh, Briarwood, <laughs> uh, Richmond Hill. Nice. The weekend got up in there with the hills. <laughs> what are your three favorite places to eat? Lunch. Uh, we're going for a lunch question. Oh, wow. You got three options for uh-huh. lunch. 
And it's you're in District 24. Uh, in District Yeah, hell yeah. It's all <laughs> 24. You gotta, people got to come visit. People got to understand okay. what the hell is happening here. So District 24, favorite places to grab a bite? Um, you could get good doubles at Sybil's. Uh, good, you know, go curry. Um, you get... You can go to Shago Chinese, get your, you know, lollipop chicken. Oh, snap. We just had Shago Chinese. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and some Thai soup. Thai, thai soup. soup. Go ahead. <laughs> you could go out to Chick Inn, which is near me. It has uh, peri-peri chicken, which is like South African-inspired, uh, like... Flame grilled chicken is like spicy and nice. I think I passed it, it's but like, I wasn't paying attention to the corner. Please remember what corner Perry Perry the, uh, the chick Ann is. Winchester and Hillside. Winchester and Hillside, folks, yeah. right after Martin Van Buren High School in the Q43. Next question. Outside of AD24, if you're visiting your homegirls in Kensington or all of our friends in Western Queens and the Bronx and Long Island and Westchester, all the neighboring metro areas, name three places outside of AD24 that you want to uh, recommend for our stops. Um, there's this one place I go to in Brighton Beach uh, yeah. called Cash Car Cafe. And every time I go there, I always get something different. It's Uyghur cuisine. Uyghur slash Uzbek cuisine. Uzbek cuisine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Cash Uzbek cuisine. Cafe. Okay, what's the name of the spot again? Kashkar Cafe. Kashkar Cafe. Uzbek food. That's the Kashkar. first time we had an Uzbek food reference on the Older Girl Podcast. We are international, worldwide, <laughs> like Pitbull. Two more. Food uh, spots outside of AD24. Um, uh, what was it? Um, Whole Foods in the city. It's uh, oh, Which one, bro? Which one, though? <laughs> it's a Taiwanese beef noodle spot. And they all, all the beef noodle and like three side dishes. It's like, very simple, very small, but just really good. And you can get it spicy too if you want, like good brothy, heavy. Just fill your, you know, warm you up. Fill your soul. Oh yeah. yeah All yeah. right. On to that. We talked about you as the edible consumer, but you also throw down in the kitchen, and you're a culinary <laughs> expert. And, and we get, you know, Alvi will have a few differences of opinion when it comes to the two of you. But I'm good when we have limited ingredients and we gotta make some crazy shit out of that. Yeah. I'm good at that. That's so, <laughs> so give me your three favorite things that you like that you'll make yeah. at your next hangout for either oh, you and AD24 or you for Chal or you for Dawa oh, short God. film. Uh, for shout out to the whole crew out there. <laughs> Or you to, you know, stuff in the neighborhood. Yeah, Three yeah. things you're going to cook for, you know, yourself. I mean, I'll, I'll keep it simple. I'll make like chicken cutlets. Chicken um, cutlets, I'll, I'll, um Make uh, like little meatballs and then put that into a little pasta. Meatball, pasta, meatball type of dish. Pasta and meatballs? Um, oh, damn. And then, where, you, where are you buying your halal meat from, yeah? Which, where are you buying it from? <laughs> I mean, Maharaja, Ma- has Maharaja it or Mandan or this side, it depends. This side I mean, everyone that's going to be voting in the election, I go to your spot. So, uh, last thing, pasta and meatball, chicken color. Give me the last um, thing. I made. Uh, last thing. I mean, uh, the craziest thing I think I've made uh, a Korean fried chicken we made. At, I made at home was for like Thanksgiving. Do you remember that? Was it good? People liked it. I don't know. Was it good? Yo, my <laughs> man, we got some. We got some uh, folks from the team right. here. Was it? It was all right. No, it was all right. The it family wasn't, team. It was the family team was Banchan. <laughs> they were like they they went to Banchan right after. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Um, all right, we talked about food, but we got we can't. It would be remiss of me to speak about Queens Village without speaking about Def Jam and LL Cool J and you know the start of Def Jam Records. So we know there's a lot of history coming out of Hollis. Yeah. We're not going to go into that, yeah. but I want to hear about your top three favorite hip hop artists and give me your favorite 
place or moment to listen to which artist. It's like, you know, if I'm in this mood, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop this album and blast it in my car or my or my or my headphones or the Notagirl headphones yeah. and shit. So whatever. <laughs> um, this is it's hard, but I'm just gonna. How about the things that come to mind? Um, like right now in my life. Okay. So this is, yeah. So like I need, I need things to just give me a boost of energy and stuff. Mm. So I'll listen to like Konnichiwa, Konnichiwa Skepta. I'll listen mm. to Skepta. Okay. And that gets me like that intro song that gets Konnichiwa me. Konnichiwa Skepta. <laughs> Gotta listen to I'll it. I'll listen to that. Next one. Um, a Ka- yeah, Kanye I've always liked. And Kanye, what's your favorite Kanye song to blast and, and what type of mood? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put on, uh, power to power? get me that energy boost as well or i'll stick to like um the old college dropout stuff to like give me some for some reason i like uh runaway runaway it just Always eases me in, like it's just yeah. got it's a little longer as well it's a little long yeah. and then i like kanye getting some like yeah. he, he like opens up his feelings a little <laughs> bit in a, in a more sensitive side but it, i like yeah. I like Kanye to chill me out. If, yeah. Imagine that. Even like, yeah, 808's like the love lockdown. You know, I, I still like it. Third one. Yeah. Give me a third one. You got Kanye. Yeah. His third favorite hip hop artist. Oh, third favorite hip hop artist. Um, I used to really love Lupe growing up. I don't, I don't listen to him as much, but I really loved um, Food and Liquor. I remember I gave my friend Wakaz a... Uh, <laughs> I really wanted him to listen to it, so I literally. And his mom found it. Was like, yeah, Beta, what is this? <laughs> I bought it. I was like, you're not gonna listen on your. I'm gonna buy it for your birthday. And you're gonna. Li- I gave him a Lupe? CD. Lupe yeah, album? I gave him a, a food of liquor. I bought him food of liquor to a listen holler. to. Holler. So yeah, that was back yeah, like my beginning hip hop days. Used to listen to a lot. I love it. I hope you got a good playlist for everything in AD24. Uh, speaking of 24 playlists, we actually did a Kobe Mamba mentality mm. um, playlist. So we got two songs. For his daughter Gianna's jersey number, from for one for every single year of Kobe's twenty-year career, it's got forty tracks, all of them hip-hop, and they're all from the different years that Kobe played. Mm. So check it out, Kobe Mamba mentality. You and I share something else in common: our interest of film, in film, of film. <laughs> and I got my shit. I got my top three movies. But give me some of your top three movies. Just come to mind. I'm I, like, yo, what type of movies you're into like that? No top three, but I'll just yeah, just stuff to, that come to mind. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. First one is uh, Dawat, the short film. Dawat, short film. <laughs> February 20th. Yeah, Check child, it out if you're... Child produced. <laughs> child produced. It's a groundbreaking short film. Uh, incredible. My team, Port Pushball, is in the... Incredible, <laughs> incredible <laughs> writing. The um, writing of it, the production of it, the acting of it, the storytelling behind it, impeccable. the everything of it. Uh, shout outs to everybody on that. Yeah, uh, next two. Uh, I... Loved uh, motorcycle diaries. You ever watch motorcycle diaries? I did not. Gail Garcia Bernal. It's uh, it's more or less the story of Che when he was young and, oh. and uh, when he was a uh, still a doctor went out into you know did a a road trip of South America and that's when he came of age and realized all right this is this I belong with the people and so that that was I was always always an inspiring movie me growing up um, and uh, we should do a screening. Sure. at my house and then, and then I'll invite all your friends <laughs> and they're like alright we're gonna hang out with Mufuzo and watch this movie you gotta watch subtitles it's, uh, it's all in Spanish <laughs> it's subtitles oh don't worry yeah. we're all we're all trilingual in my in in, in uh, mi casa yeah. es su nuestra casa so, um, um, another uh, like you know not top three but like another really yeah, fair, good yeah, movie I'll, I'll put another one in because I guess that doesn't count um, oh yo <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, that's a lot alright hurry up give me, give me one or two more uh, Grave of the Fireflies it's actually an anime it's uh, 
Japanese anime uh-huh. movie. It's it's about post like well uh, post I forget if it was posted during World War Two, but um, a kid uh, their parents died uh, post atomic bomb, and it's just like what is it like on the other side type of thing, like you know being ex- you know uh, a result of uh, of, of that of that era of just this hardship, oh pure hardship. And then I guess another Please. thing that goes into hardship. I don't know. I'm you love these hardship movies. movies. Bro, you're, like, you're all about you're all about the, the <laughs> comeback and like the resiliency and the pick it's yourself up. The fact yeah. that we could still stick around, you know. That, yeah, I love it. Um, I am Walter legend. Walter <laughs> I am legend with <laughs> I really love that movie. Last on Earth type shit. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Um, Walter Petchali is a Bengali movie. It's wow. a Satyajit Roy, and also hardship. There's a trilogy, and it's him. Like each movie is him at different stages of his life. Walter Petchali was first one. Middle one was Oporajito, uh, uh, his like adolescent yeah. age, and the last one's Purushamsha, uh, which is like him as an adult. And every portion of life, hardship, hardship, hardship. But he just like keeps just keep going, grinding, keeps going, keeps grinding, going. grinding, grinding. And I, yeah, you know, I think everyone has that like kinship to that. And I, I yeah, I've, I never felt like I was supposed supposed to be in the places that I'm in, but like I'll I'm I'm still here, you know. I'm still gonna be here and. And I think everyone resonates with that. It's not just me. That but 2020, like I'm efforts, I'm here. <laughs> da, da, da. It's a black album reference for all you <laughs> young cats who hate on Jay. Uh, Jay's emceeing is eh, but his album production is great. Um, when's your election? Where can we all follow your page? Yeah. And what one request do you have for everyone in Assembly District 24? Sure, Go for it. Sure. Close it out. Uh, primaries June 23rd, uh, big dates to look out for, uh, uh, around, uh, March, we're going to come out for signatures. Uh, and the most recent thing, February 14th is the last day. If you're an independent or Republican to register as a Democrat. So you cannot vote in the primary, this, uh, uh, this Democrat primary, unless you're a registered Democrat. So make sure you're a registered Democrat if you're in the district. Um, ask a call out like we need we need people in the community to be involved we need people to sign up on these assemblies we need, if you care you know this is this is how you show it uh, we need volunteers on our campaign itself we need all sectors so if you know um, you want to be a part of the campaign sign up on our website volunteer uh, tab and obviously we in order to run all this we need we need to have donations so <laughs> those donations uh, same thing the donation tab on our website. So um, yeah, it's, it's it's an exciting time, and um, I foresee a lot of a lot of great changes coming. Fuzzo, I can't wait to see uh, your continued growth and the continued growth of your campaign. There's a, a deep connection I feel for you personally because you were taught by my dad at my parents' house. Uh, besides your time with me personally and you know with your entire family that i've had a chance to spend eids and you know times of uh amazing happy times and and some tough ones too you also have the heart of my wife nipa she loves mafuzel 24 she can't get enough of mafuzel 24 all she does is talk about your ig page and the new posts and she's like (laughs) oh my gosh i love mafuzel like so um, if I wasn't going to invite you here myself in a week or two, I made sure that we had a chance early so I can make both the memory of my dad uh, continued and happy and, of course, uh, keep my wife happy at home as well. So thank you so much for all of it, bro. I can't wait to see this all grow. And to all of our listeners and viewers at home, 
This has been a very, very special episode of the Notagrip Podcast. Community building, Chow NYC, Mufuzel24. I'm your host, Atat Driving Khan, and always remember to pay it forward, folks. Pay it forward! <laughs>